What has your life on hi-fi? Love has my life on hi-fi. You're listening to Life on Hi-Fi, the podcast, and I'm your host, Dominique Justina. I'm a 20-something who was very self-conscious and insecure, but I've decided that I am never going back. This is a glimpse into my journey towards self-mastery. I believe we were born with a unique mission to create and to live a full life. Follow me as we talk about relationships, love, purpose, passion, you name it. Let's commit to living our best lives together, shall we? Welcome to Life on Hi-Fi. Again, this is Dominic Justina here and I'm so excited. Oh my goodness. This is going to be a very interesting process just because I was not trained in audio. But you know what? Here we go. Bear with me if it sounds a bit rough around the edges. I am learning everything on my own, kind of pacing myself. Today, we'll be talking about transitions. Very relevant right now because I am currently going through one, just graduated this summer of 2018 and um, transitioning into the quote-unquote real world. So join me as I talk with Kofi Frempong, a Toronto-based artist, about his journey and how his successes have naturally fallen into place. Uh, we explore business and art, which is a very unlikely but powerful combination. And we talk about some advice for those of us just embarking a new journey. We also talk about enjoying the process and how to keep going with or without a mentor. So without further ado, let's dive in. Kofi is a Toronto-based artist that creates emotional and captivating paintings on Black men and women and Black love. He's been featured in the FA magazine. Am I pronouncing that right, Kofi? Yes, correct. FA? FA. He's done several live painting events. He actually had his first solo art exhibit this year called The Why, and most recently curated for Afro Chic in Toronto. There is actually so much going on. I'm trying to keep up with you. Is that everything? Is there anything else I'm, that's on that list? Um, I'm also the founder of Freedom Fridays. Is that a repeating event? Yes, it's... um. It's basically a platform for uh, artists from primarily Jane and Finch, but uh, Toronto as a whole, to showcase and celebrate with community their talents. Yeah. So when you come to Freedom Fridays, like you'll see live art, you'll see um, performances. We serve food to the community and just like random um, community engagement activities. Oh, cool. That kind of, it kind of reminds me of, so we actually crossed paths last year. It's mm-hmm. been a year now. It's crazy. I know. It was a live painting event, right? Yes. There was juice. There was a DJ. People were chilling. And there you were in the middle of it, um, live painting. And I just remember how like down to earth you were uh, when we connected. And I mean, since then, I'm seeing where you've really been making an impact i follow you closely on instagram and um i would say i'm very curious to know what your journey has been like so how did all of this start um 
It started, well, first of all, I started doing art from when I was five years old. Um, We were in a hotel in Paris, um, and I was just watching my dad uh, doodle. He was doodling Egyptian characters, Mm -hmm. and instantly I just fell in love. I just thought his line work was the most amazing thing ever. Um, So what I did is I started drawing myself realizing that it didn't really compare to his work, I just started tracing um, and not knowing that by tracing, I was really um, developing the muscle memories that was required to um, create, you know, really good shapes and, and you know, line work. Uh, over the years, I became really good at drawing, um, but never really... Um, got into painting only because I felt like my paintings wouldn't compare to my, um, my drawings. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of anxiety around that high school almost failed out of art class. Uh, That's actually crazy to me because you're known for painting now. When I met you, you were painting. I know. Yeah. And to me, it's like, you're so gifted in this area. How did you manage to shake the fear and the anxiety that came with painting. It's it's so crazy because um, I ended up taking about six, maybe seven years off of art. Um, wow. Yeah, just like the transitions of life. Um, I ended up getting into my career as a community health worker um, and just being really active in the community. That took away a lot of time. Um, supporting my wife, uh, through school and just, you know, trying to figure out where her passion was, um, buying my first home, uh, and then finally having our first child. Like a lot of it just required a lot of time that I didn't really dedicate to working on my craft. And I guess my creativity came out in different ways. So um, one of the ways that it came out was Freedom Fridays. Yeah. I guess we could talk about that later, but... um, we will, we will. Yeah, so after six, seven years, um, my wife came to me and said that she found her passion, and that was to be a midwife. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but that is a really competitive um, program to get into. Right, yes. Um, she ended up apl- applying I'm at Ryerson, and she got in. And the day that she told me she got in, I literally, like that same day, I literally drew my first picture in like years. six, seven years. I posted it on Instagram and um, I got so much love from it. But, you know, at that point it was like, oh, this is cool. Like a lot of people are still, you know, loving my artwork and I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to Freedom Friday, Part of the messaging around that is, you know, to be able to get out of your comfort zone um, so that you can grow. And, you know, I thought it'd be really hypocritical of me to do this event that was bringing out, you know, nearly 200 people a month and getting them to get out of their comfort zone when I couldn't do that myself. So um, one day when we had an attendance of, I believe, a little bit over 500 people, Mm -hmm. I did my first live painting in front of um, that crowd. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, it was, it was so nerve-wracking. Like, the first 
five, ten minutes was so nerve-wracking. Your first go, and you did it in front of 500 people. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? Like, it was at that point that I developed my, um, just the way I paint, you know, my process. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was so nervous, and then at some point I just let go and said to myself, it really doesn't matter if I create a masterpiece or not. It doesn't matter who likes it. As long as I'm enjoying the process, that's all that matters. And mm -hmm. from there, like every time I paint, that's pretty much my process. And, you know, luckily, I feel like my paintings come out pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that's an understatement. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds to me like it took your partner's success to really trigger that spark that got you to go back to your art. Absolutely. Because everything comes full circle. I want to mm -hmm. be in a position where it's like, I pursued this and I was successful. Now I've created a legacy for my kids. I always like like to preach to my, my daughters like to try new things, to practice your craft, to go after your passion. And what better way to teach that than to actually model it? Right. To live in your truth. Exactly. Um, I kind of want to go back on basically the moment when you were painting in front of 500 people for the very first time mm -hmm. and of course you explained this is something that you were always anxious about scared of judgment yes am i right like just people judging you and not like your work not being good enough what kind of mindset were you in oh uh, going in i was like oh man i hope i don't mess this up <laughs> so many people are watching um what do i do where do i start all of that started to come into my mind and then the moment I just let go of all of that and just like got into the moment and just the, again, the process, I just felt like a huge, huge burden off my shoulders. There was almost a spiritual shift inside of you where you developed a confidence to just let go. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Which is, is definitely really cool to me. And I don't think it's something that happens unless you set your mind to it yeah yeah absolutely one thing i wanted to ask you too was um investing time first of all in what we love can be really hard mm -hmm. um, definitely takes discipline to create something that like what you've established what are some of the sacrifices or commitments that you've had to make to achieve what you have so far um Unfortunately, sleep. <laughs> I'm still, you know, I'm still a full-time community health worker. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still a father, husband. Um, so, you know, just juggling all those responsibilities and then finding time not only to paint, but to manage my own business. Um, that's been, I guess, the most challenging part is just like the time that I allocate to all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And hearing hearing you say this, um, being a father, husband, um, a full-time community health worker, uh, like just hearing you say this, I feel like there is almost no excuse <laughs> for me or for anybody just starting out because we don't, most of us, many of us don't have all of those commitments. Um, 
So how do you balance and juggle all of those things? Um, okay, so for the longest time, um, I guess our parents and pretty much everybody who's an entrepreneur and in business, they've been preaching um, working hard. Mm -hmm. And while that's definitely necessary, um, I find that it's more important to work smart. I agree. I right? Agree. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just eliminates um, a lot of the extra work and creates uh, more time for you to be able to concentrate on as many different things as possible. I just changed my mindset and made it fun. So it became a um, a game slash challenge where I was acquiring key information and it didn't seem tedious at any point. And that's something I'm really exploring with you know, mm -hmm. the idea of enjoying the process exactly i really don't think that we were put on here to to work mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean and like there's so much more to life than just you know working and then sleeping mm -hmm. waking up and repeating certain cycles like um not to get off topic um i guess fitting in the theme of my artwork i really do believe that we were meant to to love and mm -hmm. my definition of love is to promote life um and growth in people and everything that we do and sometimes it's really hard to live in that fully when you're following you know the same routine yeah so it's kind of like when you're in your flow you're able to connect with what you're doing more and operate from a place of love. But when you are kind of set in a, this is how I have to do it, this is how I have to get, you kind of lose that. Yeah. Okay. So it's now five years into your art career. At what point did it transform from, okay, this is a passion, this is something I love, to yes, this is my business? Um, after the first year, of getting back into it, mm -hmm. I realized that it's definitely something that I wanted to pursue as a career. I had a three-year plan and everything on that list was pretty much achieved within the the second year of me starting. So then I just had to like reevaluate that plan and, you know, think bigger. Um, but yeah, so like different things like um, in addition to seeing you know how great an artist my dad was even though if you ask him he he will tell you that he's not an artist <laughs> um he was also really good in, in business um he started five businesses before um he finally found the one that actually hit and growing up just to witness his business mind um and the way he would learn from his failed businesses and just keep going. Um, it, it almost became, I guess, second nature to me. So now like the way I run my business, it's a bit unorthodox, but again, it's kind of like I've developed some muscle memory in regards to certain things that I do. They, they're almost like subconscious now. Um, as I think about 
where my next steps are i definitely know i want to create my own thing and this podcasting venture is actually one of my i say it's my hobby now um but it's actually a passion of mine to just to connect with people and i do it in my day-to-day so i figured hey why not just you know record and just like put it out there whatever i get from these conversations because conversations like this really feed me and um whatever i may get maybe there's someone out there who might get the same from it and that would actually be really really fulfilling for me just to like help someone else um but i struggle with the idea of like passion and art and creativity and like monetizing that Mm -hmm. so business and art to me is a really fine combination and you have both so what what like what advice would you have in terms of putting a plan because you know art is like it's very Mm. idealistic or in your head not the most practical sometimes when you're just juggling with ideas very abstract how do you um make things concrete in terms of um creating a business out of it creating a business out of it Mm -hmm. oh man (laughs) it's it's yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> uh, I guess to, to boil it down to a few simple points, um, you know, there's different categories you got to look at uh, connecting with your audience slash fan base and just getting that level of understanding to communicate who you are. Um, definitely having some sort of organization skills because as business, you know, gets bigger, it's really important to stay on top of things. Mm -hmm. And again, that goes back to the people who are supporting you. It allows you to be more reliable and just stay on top of your craft. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's so many people that I know that have really good business ideas or um, good business practice, but just certain things that they do that push clients or buyers away. Uh, There's so much. (laughs) Why I'm struggling with this answer is I feel like I'm literally just like living and um, things are just falling into place. I didn't quite have a mentor when I started uh, my business or my art. It was just like things that I had a knack for. Um, And also I made a commitment to be genuine um transparent with people but also to honor my own passion uh you know so if if there's something that i'm not willing to do i definitely won't do it if my business requires for me to lie to people or manipulate people then i just won't i like i'll sacrifice the money if that's what i feel like i need to do to get the money Mm -hmm. um and -hmm. for me that's proven to be very successful because when it comes to business, I, I, I believe that the best way to grow your business is to be good to people. And once people feel like you're being good to them, I mean, of course, in addition to providing a good product, so you can't get away from that. Um, but pro- providing a good product and also being good to people and creating experience it's so key well i mean it sounds to me like and i I have some experience with this when you're really um how do i say this when you're really doing something that you're meant to it's not a matter of 
how like not worrying about the how so much it's just knowing what you want knowing what you want to put out there and then things just kind of fall into place once you're in that groove and once you're being genuine Mm -hmm. i i see where everything is definitely coming together on my end again like you're just doing so much it's hard to even keep up but was there any point has there been any point on your journey Mm-hmm. where doors were closing and you felt like giving up or you felt discouraged? Yeah. I place all my energy on what's working for me and what's working well, where my supports are getting. So if I'm getting 10 people supporting me, um, I'm definitely going to focus my energy in that direction and figure out how to build on that. Basically, what you're saying right now is things I've been thinking about over this past week um, I mean, even recently, um, a door was closed for me. A few doors were closed for me. And I was saying to myself, I can either fall into a state of sadness, depression, and feel sorry for myself, or I can just look at this as a door closing and a, a, just a shift towards where I need to be. And also what you were saying about energy reminded me a lot about the law of attraction so even even if we're not thinking um, positively about something, the, just thinking about it will attract it to us. Mm. So an artist, you're saying thinking about support that they're not getting is kind of focusing their energy on that and building energy and attracting that kind of um, Uh, that around them right and instead of thinking about what they are getting and building that vibration and multiplying it um they're kind of missing out losing out by focusing on what they don't have so so that's very interesting to note um yeah i believe that but getting frustrated is is human it's normal so definitely um like kind of explain to me when something happens that isn't necessarily as encouraging how do you pick yourself out of that self-loathing right and and kind of use that as a way to propel you towards where you need to be how do you what do you is there anything that you consciously do okay yeah before i answer that though i just want to like definitely put it out there that um a lot of those disappointments are definitely real. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that those frustrations and those disappointments um, are overreactions. When you um, work hard and you, you, you believe that there's a level of um, support or, or give back that you should be receiving and you don't receive it, it's definitely frustrating. So, like, I'll definitely acknowledge that. And I, in no way will I ever um, take away from, I guess, the impact on on somebody, you know, when that happens. Um, but for me, mm-hmm. I guess how I, I handle that stuff, it's more out of um, survival than anything. Because I know myself. I, I can't function well um when i'm feeling sorry for myself um when i'm angry when i'm sad Mm. uh so automatically when something goes wrong my brain 
there's a switch to figure out um, another opportunity or a solution to to work out this problem or just, you know, to get stronger and better. Survival. That's that's interesting. So that's kind of like you saying it's automatic. Yes. You don't even have to overthink it. It just automatically is a switch that happens. Like, okay, yes. this happened. How do I get back up? It's more it's more like I'm afraid. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't function when I'm focusing on, you know, a lot of the negatives. Something will happen and then right away I'm thinking about solutions or how to grow from it or how to how to take it to the next level. Some people might actually say that that's unhealthy. Really? Because um, sometimes, sometimes, well, what I've heard is sometimes it's good to to actually go through it so that you can, um, it builds character. It allows you to properly heal. I mean, I would agree actually with both sides. I think it's good to be able to sit. If something negative happens, to sit to sit in the feeling. And it gives you an opportunity to understand yourself even more. Yeah. Whether it's being disappointed, being sad, being scared. You don't want to be in that space forever. I don't think any of us would want to be in that space forever. So it's just like, how do I, this is how I'm feeling. How do I improve from here? Exactly. You know, do what you have to do. Yeah. Take some time off if you need to. But when all is said and done, you got to keep moving forward. Yeah, I love that. There is beauty in the process. And process doesn't have to be perfect. There is beauty in the imperfections, the swerves, the turns, the redirections. There is beauty in all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um... What I really like about you is that you have a really generous nature. Actually, when I first met you, you inspired me to start my own Instagram page because I told you I I painted and you asked for at least one picture and I told you I didn't have any. Yes. And (laughs) I like from that conversation, I came back feeling like, okay, let me at least start an Instagram page and put all my pictures together. And um, I even shared that with a friend of mine who also paints and she now has her page. So wow. it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, that's the impact you've had. Okay, send, um, me, that, send me the handle. I, I'd love to take a look. I will. I've realized that you like to give back. What inspires you to do that and to engage with your community? Uh, I really feel like it's part of my art practice. It's part of, the way I live my life. It, it's how I grew up, just watching my parents, both my dad and my mom. Um, it's basically how I, I love. And again, the way I look at love, it's not this exclusive thing. Um, that It you all give. comes back to love, right? Yeah. Like, you know, promoting growth, promoting life. I believe that when you encourage people to step outside of their comfort zone, when you encourage people to find their art, um, that's a way of showing love. That's a way of, mm-hmm. um, you know, promoting health and growth. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't know if you agree, but like um, the process of creating art is so therapeutic and so healing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that if you can, if you can inspire or motivate somebody to start creating in a sense, like you're promoting life for that person. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, and and you said health, and my definition of health, I think you may agree, is way more than just 
the biology, the stuff we're made of, the cells we're made of. Health is also our, our mental well-being. And so art definitely taps into that, that balance within our bodies to keep us in a space where we're functioning at our highest capacity. I think that's like when we achieve the maximum health. And that can only happen based on like what you've been doing, which is like operating through love. I think as humans, we, f- we forget that a lot of the times and we get caught up with just like competition, comparing ourselves with others, envy maybe, or prioritizing money or the economy and stuff like that. So like love just brings it all back to our essence, to our core. Absolutely. We've we've said a lot. I think mm-hmm. the next thing I wanted to ask you was, and you've already been doing this a lot, actually. Um, do you have some advice for youngings like myself who are at the beginning of our journey? So like thinking back to when you were just starting out. Um, first, I would say, above all, enjoy the process. So do it and enjoy the process. Um, setbacks are are definitely gonna come your way, but they're expected. So don't let that stop you. Um, yeah, like doing it from a genuine place is, is so key. Um, understand that like in anything that you create, um, you know, even if you're doing a podcast, to me, that's still art, you know what I mean? Um, so using seeing that as a way to heal yourself, but also heal other people. Um, it's To me, it's a divine responsibility. So when you look at it from that perspective, um, it makes it a lot easier to keep going. Um, continue to learn um, and, and build community because, you know, you, you may not have a mentor to guide you through this, but that won't stop you from learning vicariously through other people. And it's one of the best ways to learn vicariously through other people is just to be very humble in how you approach people to understand that no matter how successful that you get, um, you could always learn from somebody, you know? So to me, those are like some of the key points. Thank you. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) I could go on for days about, you know, different mistakes that I've made. But, yeah, keep going, keep learning, and understand that, you know, we all have a purpose. And if you're living through your purpose, then, you know, you just got to keep going while you're alive. Wow. I love that. And um, definitely the point about being able to exist in a space of humility and to live vicariously mm-hmm. through people and realize that there is a lot you can learn, no matter what point of success um, that we're at. And I mean, I'm always very, very grateful for the people around me who have come up and helped to support me because I guess similarly to you, I think that, you know, we weren't put on this earth just to slave you know, just to work, we were actually put to impact and to to have unique. We have we hold unique responsibilities, um, and our contributions mm-hmm. are unique. So I kind of look at look at life that way. Um, but definitely, what you've said helped to bring some clarity and some comfort to 
how I'm feeling now with this journey, this transitioning phase that I'm in. If you enjoyed that conversation, please go to iTunes and subscribe to Life on Hi-Fi. You can follow this podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Life on Hi-Fi. And you're probably wondering what Kofi's artwork looks like. Well, you can find him on Instagram at K-O-F-I-S underscore art. And he also has a Facebook page going called Friends Who Like Kofi's Art. And that's about it for this episode. Thank you again for tuning in. And um, I really need to find a creative way to sign off. But until then, stay Gucci, stay fly, and stay creating.